Hey everybody, this is Zach and welcome to the fourth episode of the Chronic Pains Podcast. This podcast actually might be a little shorter than the previous three, but I'm going to try and go into as much detail as I possibly can. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about having a relationship with your doctor. I think this is an extremely important thing. It's kind of, you know, subjective because everybody obviously has a different doctor and they might have a different idea or plan with their doctor or they just have different views about you know having a doctor so I do want to stress the fact this was something that wasn't brought to my attention until I started going to the Crohn's Colitis Foundation meetings and I do want to stress that if you do have IBD or you know somebody who has a form of IBD definitely check out these meetings there you can look them up on the CCFA website so ccfa.org and you can find a local meeting support group and they can, you know, and you just get in contact with somebody and then you start showing up super easy. But I, when I first went, it made me feel horrible about the first time I ever went to a support group. It made me feel horrible about the the uh, the doctor that I had currently at that time because I heard about, you know, people getting such good treatment from their doctors And I don't mean like treating medication-wise or, you know, through um, a procedure or something like that. I mean, like, they were treated complete, like, almost like a family member to some of these people. It almost seemed like they were, the doctors were always on their, on call for them. And they could ask any questions at any time, didn't matter when, what day, or if they, you know, if it did matter what day, they would probably get, I heard someone, they said their response on average was within 24 hours usually 24 hours was the max it took for their doctor to get back to them and it opened my eyes to my current situation because at the time I had just switched over from a doctor who I really really liked but because of insurance reasons I had to switch over and I had a new doctor and him and I didn't exactly get along very well and the reason why I think we didn't get along well was because, you know, he was really adamant about changing my medication. And I just, I had already communicated with previous doctors of mine that I didn't want to take like a biologic really, really without like trying other things. That was something that was very important to me. I talked about it in my medications episode, episode two, feel free to check that out. But I, didn't want to take a biologic. I liked having that cushion of that uh, medicine class above me. And I. it was important to me that, you know, if we could talk through it, I would want to talk through it. And he just wasn't having it. And he felt that I was very, um, I, he wrote in his notes that I was a very difficult patient. And I think one of the other reasons why is I would always bring my older brother with me to my appointments. And I feel like he had a lot of issues with that. And it wasn't, I mean, it's not like my brother would give him a hard time or anything. But, you know, before we'd go for our appointments, we'd have questions lined up. You know, my mom, my both my parents were across the country, so they'd have questions that they would want answered. So we kind of prepped it up always before we went over to the doctor. But at the same time, that's his job. You know, he's got to answer questions about, you know, this is you know, in this case, it was my body. So I'm not, I'm not going to just let, you know, whatever he says goes, you know, and 
I think that's important for people out there to know that, that, you know, this is your choice, this is your body, and it's also your responsibility to communicate with your doctor, and if he isn't looking, it doesn't seem like he's looking out for your best interest, which kind of felt like, you know, how I was, I, I felt at least, then, you know, it's time to make a change, and, but when I did go to the CCFA meeting, I heard these people, you know, the doctors are on call, they give them a personal number, they give them, you know, all these different ways of accessing, or they put them in contact with the nurse directly all the time, the nurse will always get back to them, no matter when they call, just, you know, it seemed like I was just getting used to having a doctor, like, I was just like, oh, whatever, you know, at the time, I felt pretty good, and but uh, this guy, I don't know, he just wasn't, you know, my type of doctor. We didn't really get along on a personal level whenever we kind of try to build rapport with each other. He just always seemed like he was in another area. Come to find out, he wasn't just a GI. He was also, I don't know what the term is for a doctor who, you know, delivers babies. And so he was doing that. So I feel like his mind was other places when he would meet with me. So... I don't know. I just wasn't a fan of him. I remember I I let him actually, he actually scoped me out one time and it was probably one of the worst experiences. He was just, I don't know. He's always seemed kind of rude. But anyways, I'm not going to bash this guy. But at the same time, I want to talk about, you know, I feel like with anything and if anything we know from having IBD or knowing someone with IBD is that, you know, the person with it doesn't, necessarily know how bad something is until they feel better or you know that change comes I feel like that's the same thing with the doctor you you get used to it you know like if you have a certain health insurance or you know it's just like a soup a certain group of doctors that you're working with and it's all that you know well you don't really know what's out there and I think when you don't know you just kind of accept the fact that whatever these doctors are doing are is totally normal and everybody goes through the same thing, which is completely false. I mean, I didn't know until I switched doctors how bad I had it. Like, I mean, I had previous, really good previous doctors up until this point, but you know, when you're feeling good and you're not really stressing about getting sick or, you know, things are going pretty well. So you're, you know, you just go for your regular checkups, no big deal, right? But it's important that even though you're just going for a checkup that you're getting, you know, you're getting along with this guy and he's on board with what you want to do and you trust him fully to whatever he tells. One one example that I have of this doctor is when he wanted me to go on the biologic, the first biologic that he wanted me to go on was Humira. I currently take Humira right now if you haven't heard the other episode, but I... I, at the time, was only taking 6MP, and it was something I wanted to not shake up too much. Like I said, I wanted that buffer above me with that class of medication. And so I said no. He's just like, well, if you get, if you do get a flare again, I would like to see you and see how you would react to Humira. And I was just like, okay, well, whatever. I, it's not what I have planned, you know, I've heard that you can up the dose of 6MP, you know, I went in there with information, and he kind of shot me down, and I got sick, and I remember he scoped me out, and he's like, well, how about we change your medication, 
and I was, you know, I was just like, okay. I was like, well, what do you have in mind? This was like months down the road too from the Humera um, conversation that we had. And he says, well, he's like, I would love to see how you do on Remicade. And I'm like, Remicade? But just a few months, you know, like three months ago, you told me, Humera, what's, you know, what's the change? And I would love to get a doctor's perspective. But the way that this guy kind of sounded, I don't know, he just seemed very dishonest. He, d- he didn't seem very genuine at all when he would speak to me or my brother or anybody else that he came in contact with in my family. I'll get to that later. And it just, I just got this feeling in my stomach that something wasn't right. And with that feeling, you know, when you're dealing with your health, is a feeling, is it something you should really, really listen to, I think. And it's very important that, you know, you do your best to assess your doctor as best and as honestly as you can, even if like he works for some works with somebody else and they love him. You know, it's all about your personal experience, just like how every case of IBD is a very unique experience. You need a unique experience with your doctor. It kind of runs like a parallel. So. So anyways, I asked him about it. I was like, well, you said Humera uh, three months ago. What's going on? And he was just like, oh, no. He's like, well, Remicade you know, has good results for people like you. And I'm like, well, he kind of gave me like this car sales pitch. It almost seemed, I don't know, he just seemed very dishonest. And I said, no, I'm not going to do it. And I'm, you know, in the background after we get out of his office, I'm talking with my family, my mom, my brother, and trying to figure out, you know, is this guy the guy we really want to roll with? Like, he's saying two completely different medications, and he's not really giving us a clear reason why. And it could have been because of, like, what he saw when he scoped me, but he wasn't explaining that in a way that, you know, he wasn't explaining it at all. He wasn't even, you know, mentioning the scoping. He just mentioned that he wanted me to do Remicade. And we kind of asked and he kind of brushed it off. So I took it as this guy, I don't know if he was getting an incentive. I have no idea. I would love to hear any other perspective on this. But he is not my doctor currently, obviously. I wouldn't be really talking about him like this if he was my doctor. <laughs> but yeah, it's. I think it's very important that you do have that clear goal and he ended up not responding to my emails, my phone calls. I was trying to get more information from him. I remember his nurse was always, you know, I wouldn't get, I wouldn't hear back from his office for weeks, if not at all. Like, it was horrible. I was always leaving voicemails. They'd never pick up their phones. And I remember one time my symptoms got so bad that I remember it was around my 21st birthday. So this was in 2013, and I was getting pretty bad symptoms. I I got put in the emergency room, and I remember my dad came to surprise me for my 21st birthday. We were going to go to Vegas. It was the funniest thing because I couldn't get a hold of my doctor even though I was in the ER because usually you want to get in contact with your GI if you are in the ER, if they want to give you anything, you know, any type of drugs, like you don't want them to give you something that could possibly result in a worse problem down the road or even instantly. So I was trying to communicate communicate with them 
on what, you know, the people in the ER were doing. And he just wasn't responding. And I'm just like, I'm in the emergency room. And this guy, you know, we got that. We got to the ER probably around 830, 9 o'clock, the latest. And it was already like 2.30. So we're just like, okay, well, it's almost the end of the day. And, you know, I left a voicemail on his on his assistant, his the assistant nurse. I emailed him personally. Nothing. Just absolutely nothing. And I remember just feeling completely helpless and not cared for it at all but he was you know nowhere to be found so basically I got out of the hospital and I remember my dad just being like you know what let's just show up at his office and see what he says at this point my dad had never met this doctor he'd only heard the stories and he just wanted to show up and he wanted to meet this guy so we show up at his office without an appointment, any notice, we just show up. We walk straight from the hospital right to his office. By far one of the funniest like deer in headlights faces I've ever seen. I wish I had a picture of it. It was definitely me material, but <laughs> he was so upset that we showed up at his office, but you know, we were just saying, you know, what could you do for him and you haven't responded at all. He's been in the ER all day, all morning. He's trying to get in contact with you. The people at the ER try to get in contact with you. You know, what's going on? And, you know, we're trying to get any type of help. Maybe, I know he was thinking, uh, the ER people in the ER were thinking that he could give me prednisone just to kind of give me a quick fix because I was going away that weekend. And he, it was just the funniest thing. And he danced around it too. And he's just like, really? I don't usually take... he. He came out to the waiting room. He didn't even take us back, you know, towards his office. This was all in the lobby of the doctor's office. And there's four grown men just talking, standing in a circle. It's me, my brother, and my dad, and obviously the doctor. So it was just the funniest experience ever. My dad kind of just, like, looked at him kind of crooked, like, are you serious, man? Like, you have no excuse. Like, he just kept giving us excuses and excuses and we walk out of there. Basically, he gives me, you know, a small dose of prednisone so I can feel better. And I remember walking out of there and it's just like, we got to get rid of this guy. This guy sucks. And I just, I don't know, that experience kind of set me up. I mean, that was such a bad experience that it was obvious that I needed to change. But I feel like there's a lot of things like that that people ignore. Like if you can't get in contact with your doctor and he doesn't respond within Let's just say, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Let's just say 48 hours. But if you're in the emergency room, you should expect a response at some point same day. It doesn't matter what time you're in. doesn't matter. You should get, you know, if people are trying to work on you and your doc, the doctor who has all the information about what's going on with you is MIA, then, you know, what's the point? There's Obviously, for me at that time, there was no point in me going to the emergency room because there was nothing they could do because they couldn't get any feedback from this guy. And that was a very troubling time. I mean, oh, I just remember they kicked me out of the hospital bed that I was in because they couldn't get in contact with them and they needed the bed for somebody else. So crazy, crazy, crazy. But when I went to the CCFA meeting, excuse me, when I went to the CCFA meeting, it was very 
clear that I was making the right choice about this doctor and it gave me motivation. It also gave me a lot of hope that I would find a doctor that I could work with that would, you know, treat me fairly, treat me right. Because, you know, flares, issues that you have with IBD all come completely random. And when you don't have someone to back you up or that's on call at least a little bit, then you're just walking alone and you just feel like that's where you start to feel that isolation. You're like, nobody can help me, whatever. And that's something you want to avoid. So my advice is, is if you are having any of the issues that I kind of just talked about, if you've had any experiences like that, maybe it's time to look for a new doctor. And, you know, there are plenty of resources. There's a lot of, uh, like, biographies. There's rating systems for doctors. And it's very important that you take the time to read them and try to figure out, you know, who is the best for you. Like, my mom, I remember my mom found this guy. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to get seen by him at the time, but, you know, he was a guy that was really active. He did, he did a lot of sports. He did, he snowboarded. He, I forget the other sports he played, but like, he was a younger doctor, but he had great reviews. A lot of people swore by this guy. And the previous doctor that I had, uh, from the, not, not the guy that I didn't like, but the previous one was, you know, he recommended him as well, saying they went to med school together and they were really, and just know, knew that he was really good. So I wish I got to see him and, you know, who knows what will happen in the future, but I just remember like, man, I can find a doctor like this. And I remember finding this other doctor and I'll never forget, this guy was like the biggest crack up ever. He was, he was an older guy. He was about on the verge of retirement. He eventually did retire. Uh, probably like a year and a half ago, but man, this guy was funny. Like, I just remember, you know, my brother and I would, and my mom, we'd all load up on questions, do research on the medicines I was taking. Um, just my mom was going to the CCFA meetings at the time. And it was just funny because we'd load up on these questions on him and he would just, you know, some of them he would just shoot down. Like some of the research that I remember when my mom looked up it was 6 MP in that it causes like, you know, you have issues going out into the sun. It's really important that you protect your skin. And my brother, my mom wanted my brother to ask the doctor if I needed to go see a dermatologist regularly because of that. And he just, I remember he just asked why it is just like, what? Like, um, because, you know, and then my brother explained where my mom got the research from. And he knew everything about the the uh, the research that she was he was that we were talking about. Like this guy gave us the rundown. He was like, it was done in France. There was a lot of uh, variables in the sense of you know it was taken in France, so there was a lot of white people. You know, if someone had red hair and freckles, that wasn't mentioned in the study. So it was. He was just saying it was fl- the. The research was flawed in that sense, like talking about those issues because of taking the 6MP. And we were just blown away that this guy just knew like everything about the study. He knew the year. He knew that where it was taken. I mean, I'm sure over sun exposure is bad for anybody. So it's, I mean, obvious that. But just the fact that he knew what we were talking about and he just, 
you know, he was super funny and he would just laugh at us and it was, it was like, not at us, but he would just make a joke and it was just super light. It made me feel confident in this guy because he was just, honestly, he just seemed so knowledgeable. He was a kind of a professor as well. So he was teaching other, uh, well, I guess like future gastroenterologists. So this guy knew everything and the relationship that we had, we'd always stay in his office for like an hour. And, you know, obviously the appointment's only like 30 minutes, maybe a little longer, usually not that long, especially when you're healthy. So we would talk about like for an hour with this guy and he'd give me in all the things that he would explain, he would make sure that he would go through it thoroughly and he would definitely make sure that I would understand what he was saying to me. And it just made me feel so comfortable. You know, I was able to be honest with him. There were issues, you know, that I had, like small flares. And he would get back to me so fast. It was just a completely, it was like black and white compared to the other experience. It was it was absolutely amazing. And I definitely owe that guy a lot. And, but it's more than just a relationship. It's, you know, you, this is the person that's going to be backing you up. And then his, the doctor who followed up after he retired, I remember I was in the hospital. I had a case of mono, and since I was on 6MP, it got really bad. My liver got really enlarged. And I remember the doctor who was actually his assistant prior, who I had seen before, he actually came up to the hospital to come see me and do all, you know, the basic checkup stuff. You know, he was feeling around he was making sure there you know he couldn't feel any severe inflammation in my colon or my small intestine like just did like it was just oh my god just the care the level of attention everything was so much better and that's what I want for everybody that has this if you do have a bad doctor my best advice I've I've said this already like three times but definitely get a new doctor. There are better ones out there if you don't like it. It's not, you know, this is this is an ongoing fight, so there's no cure. It's not like this is just going to go away. The people that you're that are treating you are the people that are going to be treating you probably, you know, pretty long typically unless they retire like my doctor. But yeah, I just wanted to stress that having a good relationship with your doctor is extremely important. Like I communicate with my doctor via email. I can get in contact with his nurse. I usually email both of them when I do send something out, whether it be, you know, hey, I sent you blood work or two. If it was just like, hey, I'm not feeling well, you know, what should I do? What, you know, can we set up an appointment? Anything like that or even a refill. Same day or next day, tops, like just on the dime, just they'll turn it around and, you know, they'll get everything I need to get done. So that's just something that's extremely important to anybody that has this. And I hope that you do have a good relationship with your doctor. I hope by listening to this, if you are kind of unsure about your doctor, I always have, I always get that feeling when I go to see a doctor the first time. At this point, I've had, let's see, one, two, three, Four, five. I this is my fifth doctor, so you know there are different you know options that you can take. So definitely, if you 
are unsure, talk about some talk with somebody that does have it. Go to a CCFA meeting. Talk about the level of care that they get. And if you feel that you're being under mistreated, then you know definitely take it into your own hands and see what what uh, steps you can take in you know getting a better physician. So, anyways, that'll be it for this podcast. I apologize that it's a little shorter than the other ones. Not too much by five minutes, but I uh, I am still working on creating uh, actually some social media pages for this podcast. I've also been trying to work on getting video. I think that's been my main focus right now is trying to get these up on YouTube. And right now we're just trying to figure out a camera situation. So I do appreciate you guys listening. If you guys haven't checked out any of my previous episodes, definitely check them out. They're definitely worth listening to. Some of them, I I really, really have enjoyed doing this for you guys. If you guys have any feedback for me, definitely leave it on SoundCloud or if you want to review it on iTunes, completely acceptable. But that'll do it for this week, guys. I look forward to talking to you guys maybe by Monday. I do appreciate you guys listening, and thank you so much. All right, have a good week, guys.